Merry Christmas, my friends. I am so glad that you have chosen to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ with us. I have been praying for this service and just asking that God would make this a tremendously encouraging time for us all. I'm very excited. We are celebrating this Christmas Eve service at an old, beautiful, historic church. Believe it or not, this baby was built back in 1864. It now sits at Naper Settlement here in downtown Naperville. We're going to use this old church building as a, as a bit of a time machine. Do you, do you have your imagination in gear? Friends, we want to use the building to imagine what it was like on Christmas Eve back in 1864. As the Christians were arriving here to celebrate their very first Christmas Eve service in their brand new church building, they would have arrived by horse or by foot. You know, there were no cars back then, no electricity, so the church was lit with oil lamps and candles, and I bet they could still smell the fresh-cut timber of their brand new church. Oh, the joy that must have been in that place. And yet, in addition to the joy, there was some sorrow because that Christmas was a Christmas Eve service in crisis, in national crisis. Can you remember what crisis the nation was facing back in 1864? Yeah, that was the last of the four-year bloody civil war. These people, as they arrived, they had both excitement for their new church building, but much heaviness because they had many of their sons and their husbands still on the battlefield that very night. And so they came desperate. You know, that's how it is when you're celebrating a Christmas in crisis. You're desperate for Jesus, for the hope that his birth brings. Are you aware that Christmas is all about hope? It's about light coming down into the darkness. And it's about the, the hope of bright days being born in us because of the birth of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. They came in desperate longing for Jesus, and so do we. Because we're celebrating Christmas in a crisis too, are we not? Not war, but pandemic. And this virus has wreaked havoc on 2020. Man! Oh, the, the loss we have endured. And I think we're all in a place where we're desperate for Jesus. We too, we need the hope that Christmas brings. We need the joy. We need the freedom from fear that's only found in Jesus. 1864. You know that that Christmas Eve, as the folks celebrated their very first Christmas Eve service in this building, their first Christmas Eve turned out to be the president, that was Abraham Lincoln, his very last Christmas Eve. And interestingly, because of historical records, we know exactly what Abraham Lincoln was doing that evening as the folks gathered in this room. In the White House with his family and some friends, Abraham Lincoln had gathered together for a Christmas Eve dinner. And as they were sitting down, his son Tad burst into the room. Tad was only 11 years old at that time and very rambunctious. 
Ted had met some new friends. He had been out on the streets of Washington, D.C. and come across a couple of boys selling newspapers on the streets. And he said to his dad, Dad, can I invite my new friends to our Christmas Eve dinner? Well, the White House cook jumped in and said, I don't have enough food for unplanned guests. But Abraham Lincoln overrided the the cook and said, listen, we always have enough food. Tad, invite your friends. So Tad took off and he found the boys. Can you imagine? Here they are, poor, cold, hungry, and tattered clothes. And Tad says, my dad says you can come to dinner. And they found themselves following Tad towards the most glorious mansion of their wildest dreams. And they weren't just going to look at the White House. They walked right up those steps through that front door and they must have had their hearts pounding out of their chest as they anticipated meeting the President of the United States. They were going to walk right up to him, grab his hands, look in his eyes, looking in the eyes of the most powerful, most famous man in the world. Can you imagine their sense of anticipation in approaching the president? Friends, do you have a little of that sense of anticipation in approaching the Lord? You know, Christmas is not just about gifts and songs and food. At its core, the the celebration of Christmas is about approaching the Lord, about meeting with the Christmas King. And we're going to turn now to a passage of Scripture that I'm so excited to study with you. It's all about approaching the king. It's found in Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to be looking at 15 and 16, but we're going to start with verse 16. Here's what it says. It says, Let us approach God's throne without hesitation, so that we may receive help in our time of need. Friends, we're in a time of need. This pandemic has put us all in the same boat. And we need help from the Lord. And this passage indicates that the help we need is found this way. It's about boldly approaching the throne, about meeting with God in prayer. Is your prayer life characterized by approaching the throne, about greeting God up close? I'm afraid too many of us apply social distancing to our prayer lives. We, we imagine God being far away as we launch a prayer his direction. But this verse says, let us approach God's throne. One of the most amazing truths is that we can encounter the king of the universe. We don't have to shout from a distance. He says, approach my throne. We work our way into the palace of heaven, if you will. We, we go through the doors into the throne room and we say, Lord, I'm here. And he says, come on, lean in, come up close. Come to where I can put my hands on your shoulders and you can look in my eye. Friends, we can experience in prayer a sense of God's nearness, an awareness of his attentiveness, even the warmth of his love. This approaching the throne is one of the great privileges of humanity. And we got to do it. Now, some of you may say, I don't don't know if I want to get that close to the Almighty. Appreciate your honesty. 
The truth is we all get our knees knocking a bit when we consider this face-to-face staring into the eyes of God type of situation. And yet the verse says, approach his throne without hesitation. Why why do we have hesitation? I, I contend that one of the reasons we hesitate to press in to encounter with God is that we still have some lingering questions about his nature. What is he really like? You know, some have told us that he's an angry judge or a stern taskmaster. You know, what he's like greatly affects our interest in pressing in to close encounter. So it was with the boys going to meet Mr. Lincoln. Do you know that the president, we know Lincoln as a very kind and generous-hearted person, but back then, about half the country thought he was a monster. And when I say half, I'm not referring just to the South. Even in the North, about half the people believed that he was a bloodthirsty tyrant who had a hard heart and had pushed the nation into this bloodbath of a war, and that he was personally responsible for the murder of thousands of young men. Now, others said he's the most wonderful and kind person you'll ever meet, but these boys had just, you know, they'd never seen him on TV. All they knew was what others said, and they were hearing both sides. And so they had trepidation in their heart regarding what is this president like? Friends, we got to know what God's like. We need to understand his heart if we're willing to approach him closely. So what's he like? And can Christmas help us see his heart? You know, relatively few people had the privilege of meeting President Abraham Lincoln. But one of them that did was a colonel from the Confederate, the South, Uh, Here's what happened. He, in a war, was horribly wounded and captured, and as a result, ended up in a military hospital tent near Washington, D.C. And as he lay in his cot, he was shocked to find out that the President of the United States was coming to visit the wounded. His arch enemy was coming his way as as Abraham Lincoln went from cot to cot, shaking hands with the wounded and expressing some words of encouragement. Let me tell you what this colonel from the Confederate Army says of that encounter. Here are his words. Arriving where I lay, the president halted beside my bed and held out his hand. Looking him in the face as he stood with extended hand, I said, Mr. President, do you know to whom you offer your hand? I do not, he replied. Well, I said, you offer it to a Confederate colonel who has fought against you as hard as he could for four long years. Well, said the president, I hope the Confederate colonel will not refuse me his hand. No, sir, I replied, I will not. And I clasped his hand in both of mine. He wished me a speedy recovery from my wounds, and he said that he hoped I would be reunited with my loved ones soon. He seemed to be genuinely saddened by my suffering. I tell you, he had the most kind and empathetic eyes that I have ever gazed into. After he left, 
I exclaimed, how is it possible that this is the evil tyrant that we have been fighting all these years? This colonel was just shocked. Shocked by what? Shocked by empathy in Lincoln's eyes. What is empathy? Empathy is this compassion based on, hey, I understand what you're going through. And Lincoln did. Lincoln had been a soldier himself back in the Black Hawk War. And the Civil War had weighed on him, maybe heavier than everyone else. I mean, Lincoln felt the weight of responsibility as he went night after night with sleepless anxiety, stressing about what he should do and how he should handle it. Lincoln had lost many loved ones and knew the gut-wrenching suffering of grief. And so when he looked at wounded, hurting soldiers, whether they be Confederate or Union, his heart went out to them. He felt for them. And that man saw his compassion, his empathy. Here's a question for us. Does God have empathy for us? I mean, God, the the God who made it all, I mean, how can he relate and identify with our suffering? (laughs) Here's how. Christmas, friends, as we're about to see, Christmas is how God's heart moves with such profound compassion and empathy. Turning back to the word of God, we had read already Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, which called us to approach the throne of God without hesitation. Well, now we're going to back up and go to verse 15, where it sets the context and provides the reason why we can approach him without hesitation. Here's what it says. We do not have a Lord who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tested in every way just as we are. God has been tested in every way just as we are? Yes, he has, friends, because God became a man. The great truth of the incarnation is that of all the ways God could have visited our planet, he decided to visit us by becoming one of us. In the birth of Jesus Christ at Christmas, we see God's gracious desire to connect with the people he's made, to forge a solidarity based on shared experience. God said, I want to I wanna experience it all. And in Jesus, we find that God went through the fullness of life, from conception to development in utero, to birth, to being a toddler and a child and a teenager and an adult. Jesus experienced the ups and downs of what it means to be human. And when we say, man, life is hard, God says, tell me about it. I know it's hard. I've lived it. I've felt it. And that's why I have empathy. So friends, uh, when you approach the throne wondering if he's a distant God who can't understand, no, no, no. If, if, If you felt the pain of loneliness, Jesus has been there, felt it, if you've gone through money problems, if if you've gone through uh, letdown by trusted friends or physical pain or, or family that's turned their back on you or people who look down at you believing that you're lesser than they 
or if you've experienced the sharp edge of gossip coming your way, or a loved one who's died in the deep grief associated, or if you've agonized in fear and worry about future events, Jesus says, I understand. I've been there too. I've gone through it. I know it's mind-boggling to imagine that the great God who's eternal and creator of all can so relate to our suffering because he came at Christmas and lived life. We turn to a God whose eyes, if we can see them, are filled with a tender empathy because he became one of us. So go to Jesus. Press in to approach the throne because that's where you find an empathy and a help in your hour of need. Press into Jesus because the way is available. I should remind everybody that we can only approach the throne because of the cross of Christ. Jesus willingly died on our behalf and because of that, the cross has broken down the door into the throne room of God. It has paved the way right up to his nearness. And so, if you've turned to Jesus and said, please be the forgiver of my sin and the leader of my life, well, then you've been reconciled to God, but not just reconciled, invited to approach in personal encounter. I'm praying for us all that this Christmas Eve, we would lean in that we would pray not from a distance, but we would take God up on his offer to approach his throne without hesitation, knowing we will never find a love like that, a goodness, an empathy as we stare into his eyes. May God bless you in the presence of the Lord this Christmas.